Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Well, the game of the week, perhaps the year, lived up to the hype last night. We'll break down all things Eagles, Chiefs, as well as the big news this morning. Matt Canada out in Pittsburgh. Do the Steelers have the personnel to remain in the playoff hunt? Plus, Michael says the Jets need a new flight plan. Zach Wilson, now QB3 in New York. What is next for the Jets? So, Michael, needless to say, pretty boring day. We don't have a whole lot to talk about today. It's weird. Well, I mean, Thanksgiving didn't interrupt anything, did it? I thought it was going to go like everything was going to be on hold, but I guess not. And last night didn't disappoint either. I mean, it was a fun game, and I think we saw each team has issues. But this Eagle team, for you can say they don't play, they they don't they don't look good. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. They just all they do is win. All they do is win. And at the end of the day, you know, this is the second week in a row, Stormy that the Kansas City Chiefs have not scored in the second half. Third. They only have 19. Third? Yeah, third week in a row that they have been no points up in the second half. Third. I thought it was just two. Wow. Okay, then. And now, add one more. They've only scored 19 points in the fourth quarter. So, like, you know, this high-flying, you know, they've averaged 21 points over the last six weeks. Like, this offense, for believing – when they left London, left Germany, that they were going to get it fixed, it quite didn't happen last night. Now, it, I thought the weather was affecting both quarterbacks, didn't you? Yeah, which, I mean, naturally you anticipate when there's wind and rain that it's going to have an effect on the pass game. But I, uh, Jalen Hurts, though, has the ability with his legs to do different things, and his guys were still able to catch the football. That's what I think everything keeps coming down to in this game as you look back, Michael, is just the way that the Kansas City Chiefs dropped the ball literally and figuratively last night. None of their receivers could hang on to anything. Five drops, including three on that final drive. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, and the Kelsey fumble in the red zone. They've yeah. had, they have had two red zone turnovers. So if you add the two red zone turnovers plus the scaling drop, which could have been a touchdown or a field goal, you know, and you're looking at now you're at 30 points, right? You're going to get to 30, but they haven't executed to get to 30. I mean, it's pretty clear. 
So what's the story you think about these second halves with Kansas City, Michael? Because like I said, it's been three straight games. Kansas City has not scored a second half point since October 22nd against the Chargers. They're averaging just 5.3 points per game in the second half, which is the worst mark of any team in the National Football League. The worst team since the 2013 Bucks, who went 4-12 and in that season by the time that the year was finished. So this is a Chiefs team that we're used to seeing Patrick Mahomes be able to put the team on his back and get the ball out in crunch time and win games late when you need them has not been able to do that this year. Yeah. And, and a lot of it is comes down to there's the lack of making big plays, right? I mean, Scanling has the big drop, which is oh, critical, gosh, but they can't so make bad. a big play. I mean, the longest, the longest pass play yesterday was 17 yards. You know, people are taking away Kelsey. They know that's where he wants to go to the ball. They tried to get Tony involved, really making him more running back than receiver. I don't think they trust him to be a true receiver. And I don't think Mahomes trust. The only receiver to me it, it, that Mahomes really trust is Kelsey. And, you know, and then the protection in the offensive line. I think the offensive line has kind of hidden in itself a little bit as being the weak link because, you know, Mahomes doesn't take sacks, but they're not as dominant as they used to be and or play as well. I mean, this is a very beatable team. If they weren't playing as well defensively, you know, I mean, there's teams in the AFC. I mean, Miami and them are very similar. Very similar. Miami's really good on defense. Miami's offense isn't quite where it was earlier in the season. They've got issues playing in weather. There's been, if Miami played on that field last night, it would not have been good for their offense. But yet their defense can carry them. Kansas City's defense is carrying them. Yeah, and they have the good fortune, too. If you look at their schedule, just one of their remaining teams is an over 500 squad. So, yes, they're a beatable team, but they also have very beatable teams on their schedule ahead, which is good for them. And you mentioned the Marquez Valdez-Scantling drop, second and 10, 145 to go. He has easily three feet of separation, the ball right in his hands, us as fans, just disgusted watching him not be able to reel in the football. But here's what Patrick Mahomes had to say about it after the game. Yeah, I mean, I have no regret. I mean, they triple team Travis, so I went to the guy that was that one downfield, and Marquez won. Um, just didn't didn't come away with the ball. I mean, I could probably throw a little bit shorter. He was that open. So, uh, yeah, you just got to continue to to try to get better and better. Um, defense is keeping us in games, and if we can find a way to just get a little bit better as an offense, we're going to win a lot of these games. And he also said offensively, obviously they're not where they think they should be at this point in the season. He said, that's with everybody. It starts with me. And I think it says a lot about Patrick Mahomes that he's not throwing his receivers yeah. or anybody else under the bus. Especially since considering going in the game, they were leading the league in drop passes. And I think they had three more last night. They were 24. Maybe they were 26 or 27. But here's what we do know about this Kansas City Chiefs this year. They're 2-8 and eight in the fourth quarter versus the spread. Over the last two years, they're 16 and 33 against the spread in the last two seasons in the fourth quarter. Actually, make it two and nine in the fourth quarter and 16 and 34 against the spread. And when you don't make explosive plays, when the biggest play of the game is a run by Pacheco, I mean, for Andy Reid to call 30 runs against a defense that was really good in run and you could throw the football on them. That was a huge shift, a huge shift in his, in his philosophy. But I don't think they trust anybody. I think Watson is the second most trustworthy receiver on their team. I don't, you know, Hardiman, even when he was there before, wasn't like he was a featured player, right? I mean, nobody, no, Hardiman had great speed. Sky Moore, we can't find him, right? Tony, they gave up a bunch of picks for him. He averaged again last night six yards a catch, which is what he's been averaging all season. 
mean, they don't put the fear. The guy that makes everything go is Mahomes. And if you take away Kelsey, where are they going with the ball? They're a little bit like the Chargers in the sense where Herbert's going to throw the ball to, to, to Keenan Allen. But where is he going with it once he throws it there? Well, and, and Kelsey's the most trustworthy, and even he in this game has the drop and the fumble. So it's it's an uphill battle for that group. With that said, Michael, do you think that they turn it around? Do you think that over the course of these next seven games to close out the regular season that they start to figure things out offensively? Because at this point in the year, you would think that they already had. Well, no, uh, here's the thing. I mean, so when you say turn it around, so they've got Las Vegas and Green Bay on the road. Okay. Will they need the fourth quarter to win that? I doubt that, right? Now, you know, they couldn't do it against Denver either, right? So we know they've lost two of the last three games. Then they go Buffalo. They're going to need to win the fourth quarter against Buffalo. They got New England, Las Vegas, Cincinnati, and Los Angeles. I mean, what game on that schedule are they worried about? They play Buffalo at home. But the concerning thing for you got to be, right, Stormy, is the fact they've lost two home games already. I mean, we all talk about Harrowhead as if it's. Hard to win there. Detroit didn't find it hard to win there. Detroit held them to 20 points in the opener. And yesterday, Philadelphia walked in there and held them to 17 points. It is what it is. I mean, they're going to have to – I don't know how they raise their level of play or their execution. The weather makes it harder to catch the football, too. Now, Michael, so much of today obviously is going to be centered around the Chiefs and them losing and all of the bad from that standpoint. But what encouraged you as you were watching the Philadelphia Eagles come through and rally from a double-digit deficit in the second half and shut out the Kansas City Chiefs in the second half? Well, I mean, I think, look, when you look at Philadelphia, you have to. it starts with you can attack them defensively, but they find a way to win games. I mean, Philadelphia in the, last fourth, in the fourth quarter of the game, they win the game, right? They had 18 plays. They had, you know, they had five first downs. They had seven points. They only punted twice. They had, you know, they had, excuse me, they had 30 plays, nine first downs, and, and they were able to make plays. I mean, they won the game in the fourth quarter. They kept themselves in it, and they were able to come back and find their groove a little bit. Look, I don't think, I don't think Hertz is playing anywhere near where he played last year. He doesn't look as quick or as explosive getting away, five sacks in the first half, but with all that being said, all they do is win. And does it matter? I mean, Swift's been a great addition, but all they do is win games. And Hurts, you know, good that he was able to heal up that knee a little bit during the bye, but still, obviously, at this point in the season, everybody's banged up, and that clearly affects your quarterback. But I was just really impressed with exactly what you said, the fact that this Eagles team, it hasn't looked pretty week in and week out, and – they still end up having the best record in the NFL right now, 9-1. and one. They find ways when no other team seems to find ways, and that's what's going to benefit you when you get to the postseason. And um, now, just the third Super Bowl loser that wins a regular season rematch the following season. Andy Reid's first loss to his former team was 4-0 prior to last night. And, and also, Michael, we talk about um, this Eagles defense as not being as good as it was last year, right, which is true, but now they've held the best offense in the NFL over Overall, in the Miami Dolphins to just 17 points and largely who we consider the best quarterback in the NFL and Patrick Mahomes to 17 last night. And, and, and they struggle with Sam and they struggle with Sam. Howell. And they, and they, and they lose to Zach me. Wilson and they lose to Zach Wilson. Help <laughs> us go out. explain it to me. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, how does this all as any of this make sense? Right. I mean, Dak Prescott's first and first and five at the six. And, and he, next thing you know, he's backwards. Look, the, the one thing about losing, it becomes a habit. Winning also becomes a habit. And Philadelphia knows how to win close games. 
I mean, two weeks in a row, three weeks in a row, they've four weeks in a row they've won close. And the Jet game is when the one they lost. So look, they're going to have to get better too because the 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 way Kansas City dominated that game up front. It tells you that Philly's going to have to do a little bit more in the passing game. They took A.J. Brown out of the game. Smith made some great plays. But but over time, when you look at the breakdown of the possession chart, this was unlike a typical Philadelphia game. They they did not move. They had too many threes and outs in there and too many punts that we're not used to seeing from a Philadelphia offense. I know you can't look too far ahead, especially with what the Bills just did to the Jets last week. But in two weeks, the Eagles taken on the San Francisco 49ers, a rematch of that NFC championship game where hopefully we get both of these teams at the full strength they deserve and both quarterbacks going head to head. That is one I am insanely excited about coming up in week 13. Okay, we've got to take a quick break. And while this has not been the happiest of Thanksgiving weeks for Matt Canada, fans in Pittsburgh might think Christmas came early with what transpired this morning. We will discuss. Ah, uh, that was cold, wasn't it? We will discuss the Steelers of it all and a whole lot more when we come I mean, back. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find only at Total Wine and More. Please drink responsibly. Must be 21. Welcome back to this Wednesday edition of the Lombardi Line alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bon and Tony with you. And Steelers fans, Michael, have been clamoring for this for a while, it feels like, and they finally got what they want. Matt Canada is out in Pittsburgh following their 13-10 to loss to the Browns this past Sunday. Head coach Mike Tomlin saying in a statement this morning, Matt Canada has been relieved of his duties as offensive coordinator. I appreciate Matt's hard work and dedication and wish him the best moving forward in his career. What was your instant reaction when you got the alert on your phone this morning? Well, I, I think this, there's certain times where you can't continually lie to the team, right? We saw this and I wrote about it today for VEASAN. I mean, Robert Sala is up there, 
you know, trying to to defend Zach Wilson. And every day he tries to do it, he loses credibility. And I think Mike Tomlin in the same thing. Mike Tomlin did everything in his power to help Matt Canada. He could have easily gave into it last year and fired him. He tried. You know, just some guys are not equipped for becoming an offensive coordinator. It was a surprising hire when they did it. You know, Matt Canada was up for the UNLV job uh, before before Barry. This was the the time before Barry. Uh, uh, what? Oh, I forgot Barry. Barry um, Barry Odom, excuse me, Barry Odom got the UNLV job. He was up for the job before, almost got hired, but he didn't. And then he took the Pittsburgh offensive coordinator job, which really didn't have a lot of pro experience. Remember, he also got fired at LSU when he went from Boston College down to LSU. That didn't last very long either. So, you know, it's a giant step. I think the Steelers do a really good job of trying to help the coach. You know, they don't leave you out on an island. They have never fired a coach in season before. Since 1941, you have to go back to, you know, the the the, the good old days. I think it was Burt, Burt Bell that they fired, and he was part owner of the team. He fired himself. So this is histo- this is historic, right? But it had to be done. They're 28th in points scored, 28th in yards, 31st in passing yards, 27th in yards per attempt, 13th in rushing. They haven't had more than 22 first downs in a game all year, and they only did that once. They're 30th in the National Football League in first downs. They're 29th in scoring. They're 25th in EPA. I mean, every game, no matter who they play, they're, they're going to not score. They, don't, they can't score. So when they play a good offense – that their defense struggles to stop, they're going to lose. We saw that with Jacksonville. When they play a bad offense, they're going to be in the game until the last quarter. We saw that with Cleveland. But there's no way you can survive this way. They're going to go down to, they're going down to Cincinnati, and you know who's the better quarterback, Browning or Pickett? Who's got a better offense, the Bengals or the Steelers? I mean. That that's a one point game. The Steelers may end up being favored. It may flip to Cincinnati. I'm not sure that the that the that if healthy, if they have Higgins and they have all their guys, you may not want to take you may not want to take the Bengals in that game because Pickett doesn't offer any advantage. Yeah, I mean four straight sub 200 yard passing games and one passing touchdown in that time. He hasn't done a whole lot for you, that's for sure. And with this move in general, Michael, I totally agree. I feel like it's a move that you have to do if you want to save the locker room. The stat that has been making the rounds every single week this season is that the Steelers continue to be outgained game after game after game. Yet, yes, they are 6-4 and four at this point, but what you said about them making a coaching change, something historically they haven't done. Like we all know that this is a franchise. That's the definition of stability. They have had three head coaches in general since 1969, Chuck Noel, Bill Cower, and now Tomlin. They don't fire anybody mid season. You mentioned it was just their own owner who fired himself back in the forties, which is just absurd to hear. So that shows how much they felt this change was necessary and to do it Thanksgiving week, no less as well, just re emphasizing the importance of that all the while, Michael, this is still a six and four over 500 football team. And how often do you see teams make coaching changes when they're in that situation? Well, I think it speaks to that, right? I mean, they know they're in perfect position. They know that Cincinnati lost their quarterback. They know Cleveland who they just lost to lost their quarterback. This is the perfect time. And the AFC is kind of up for grabs. I mean, Baltimore, they've beaten once, right? How, I don't know, 17 to 10, but they did. You know, I mean, we'll go back and do an autopsy on that. I mean, they're in the thick of this thing. 
And if they can get – and they have talent on offense, that's the scary part, right? You know, you want to throw the ball to Johnson. You want to throw the ball to Pickens. Like, it shouldn't be this hard. It shouldn't be this hard. But, you know, the players, when you don't have success and you've had enough rope to go through it, like Matt has, and I like Matt. Matt's a really good guy. It's just sometimes guys are not meant to be coordinators. I don't think anybody has anybody. This is not anybody's fault but the coach, and I think Mike had to make the decision. You know, and I'm sure Steeler fans wish he would have done it earlier. But it's, you know, these offensive coordinator jobs. I was talking to a former player yesterday in the league, and, and we were talking about how there's so many inexperienced play callers, and it affects the game, you know, and, and nobody really has a system that they bring with it. It used to be, and I hate to sound like remember when, it's the lowest <laughs> form of conversation, but you used to have to take a long time before you get a coordinator job. Now, you know, they're hiring everybody young, but that doesn't mean they're experienced. It's the different to, from playing Madden to call in games. Yeah, it's completely, I, I'm going to shocks you, I know. <laughs> now, see, in Washington, they're playing Madden. They're just calling pass plays with no regard at all for how to, how to help the team win. None. They're loading up the stat sheet. And that's great for Eric Bieniemy. Maybe he'll get a head coaching job out of it. I hope he does. But the reality of it is they're not even trying to play complimentary football. It's what Mike, it is truly what Mike McCarthy's done in, in, in Dallas. You may not like the offense down there. You may think Mike McCarthy's not a good coach. You may think he bundles things, he, he, he makes huge blunders on game decisions. Some of it all is true. But in terms of managing the game and setting the offense up, they're playing way less defense, 27 minutes. They're converting third downs at a high rate, and they're controlling the pace of the game. They've had over 90 more plays than their defense. With the thing about limited experience, I feel like everybody wants and thinks they're going to get a Sean McVay, but not everybody is Sean McVay at the end of the day. Like he is the he's the unicorn. He's the exception to the rule, not the rule. Um, and I, I do wonder in this initial game coming up this weekend against the Bengals, if maybe the Steelers do get yeah, that, a little bit that, of a pop, right? Like we saw that happen with the Buffalo Bills after Ken Dorsey was fired. They go up on and put up 36 on the Jets. We saw the Raiders win back-to-back games um, and took a Super Bowl contender in Miami to task after firing their coaches. So maybe there's their that reality check element a little bit that can help teams and you mentioned the article that you have up at vcin.com today about the Jets um, we spoke a little bit yesterday about the report Zach Wilson's benching but then yesterday became official when Robert Sala talked to reporters that not only is he benched but Tim Boyle is going to start this weekend Trevor Simeon is going to be the backup and Zach Wilson is third string now down the line I mean look when he just got demoted to third string I mean like seriously like his career is officially over but you know for me watching Zach Wilson I think you, you know, you can make the case, and people have, that he's got a great arm, and he does. And he can throw the ball really well all over the field, and he's got athleticism, and you could see that. I think what he can't do, Stormy, is he just can't do it all the time. I don't think he loves football. I don't think it's passionate for him. I don't think he puts the time in. I don't think he wants to be a great player. I think he's been burdened with skill. I think he has been burdened with talent. And I think five years from now, we're all going to watch a documentary on him about how happy he is living on some ranch in Utah, you know, because he doesn't really want to play because he, he has enough skill to play. There's something missing here. It isn't like he's a blown pick, like, they, like he can't throw the ball. But he just doesn't, to me, I never get the sense that he's fully engaged. And when I watch him, that message tends to permeate through the team. Now, Sala went from saying – He's really improving to benching him to third string. 
My question, what I tried to write about today is, I know everybody thinks this coaching staff of the Jets is safe because Rodgers is coming back next year. But are they? Todd Bowles won 37% of this game. Salah's won 34. You look at his record in the AFC East. It's bad, I know. But I feel like he has to be, especially because Nathaniel Hackett's his offensive coordinator. And, like, that's part of the draw for Aaron Rodgers in general, right? I feel like they get a mulligan on this season, no matter how bad it gets because of that. And it's going to get bad because, like you said about Zach Wilson moving out, We've seen this line dramatically shift from six and a half against the Dolphins this week to now 10. There's even 10 and a halfs out there because Tim Boyle is not going to be your answer. Tim Boyle is not a good quarterback. He wasn't a good quarterback at UConn. He wasn't a good quarterback at Eastern Kentucky. His 12 touchdowns and 26 interceptions across four seasons in college isn't going to help him in the NFL. Even his NFL appearances, 18 total times that he's been in games, three touchdowns, nine picks, 60% completions. He's not going to be better. So uh, if you're trying to set yourself up to win games and have Aaron Rodgers play, that's, that's an absurd thought to me. And we'll maybe hear a little bit more about it. I know Rodgers is on McAfee Tuesdays today, so maybe we'll get an interesting soundbite or two from him today. But it's a non-issue. It's a non-question to me at this point about the Jets' future this season. It's done. Put a fork in them. Let's move on from it. They currently sit 14th of 16 in the crowded AFC standings, which leads me to my next point, Michael. When we come back, let's talk about this AFC playoff picture. There are so many different angles to go here. Are the teams that are in right now going to stay in? Who could be a mover and shaker moving on up here in the AFC? I'm excited to have this conversation. We are just getting started here on the Lombardi line. Stay with us. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Betsgiving is back. This week, all of our VSIN hosts, writers, and analysts were competing in a week-long competition to see who is the best better at VSIN. Follow all the bets and the leaderboard at VSIN.com, or you can also go to the DK Sportsbook app, select social, then betting groups, where you'll be able to join our Betsgiving group and follow all of the action. Matt Humans won it last year. We got to give him a run for his money. Alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Tony with you. Let's dive in to all things playoff picture in the AFC, Michael. The Chiefs this week, we know, um, unfortunately lost to the Philadelphia Eagles, which now brings them down to 7-3 and three on the season. They are now moving down to that second slot in the AFC standings. The Ravens, the leader in the clubhouse, followed by Chiefs, Jags, Dolphins, Browns, Texans, Steelers. So that is our cutoff at this point. Do we think that those are the seven that ultimately make the playoffs is a whole other conversation. So how are you feeling about things right now? Well, I still think Buffalo's in pretty good shape. Now, they got a tough schedule, right? I mean, they've got to play some – they've got a lot of harder games to play, starting with Philadelphia this week. So that that's not going to be easy for them. But they should be there at the end. I mean, this Philadelphia game, when you break it down as it relates to the AFC this weekend, it's going to be interesting to see because Buffalo's weakness is Philly's strength, Right. Buffalo is not a big physical team. They want to play nickel defense. They want to play from in front. Their offensive line can't take over a game. Their defensive line, when playing from behind, from in front, they can like they did last week against the Jets. But this is a tough matchup for them. Now, can they throw the football on Philly? Well, if they get digs open, they can. So, But I still think they have a chance to be in this. I think Denver 
is probably another team that has a chance because of the schedule and the way they're playing and improving each week and every week. I don't see Indianapolis. Gardner Minshew has not played well enough to be a consideration, and, and we'll find out this weekend where Browning is. But I would say it's between Buffalo and Denver for that final spot, and if Pittsburgh doesn't get their act together offensively, they won't be there. I think Houston has their act together oh. in all areas, even if they don't win this weekend at home against Jacksonville. Yeah, and I mean, we look at that Texans team who already beat Jacksonville earlier in this season, right? A, a dominant win too, which is still just burned in my memory as what cost me in Survivor this year. It hurts to even think about, but <laughs> like that was a big win for them. The Texans I'm have sorry. looked, I know the Texans have looked good though. I feel like week in, week out, similar to what we talk about with the Philadelphia Eagles, a team that finds ways to win. The Houston Texans have done that lately and CJ Stroud's been able to lead these game winning drives. I actually, Michael, like the Texans still to win the AFC South over Jacksonville, who's an odds on mm. favorite still in that standpoint. So actually let's go through our division winners. Right? So AFC West, Chiefs are going to hold on, right? No question. AFC. No question. I mean, they're, they're, you know, the Chargers right now are 13th. They're a 13th seed. Las Vegas is actually ahead of them because they have five wins. They played one more game. Las Vegas gets the bye after this weekend when they play Kansas City. So, and look, the way the Chargers play, every game's going to be close. Every game's going to be a nail-biter. So you can't count on them. We don't know where they are with Browning. I think Indianapolis will fade. Tough game against Tampa this weekend. Everybody, you know, their favorite. I don't know how, if you watch the tape against New England, I don't know how Indy's favorite against anybody because they Gardner Minshew has struggled to throw the ball, and Indy's run defense hasn't played well. So for all the talk about having all these great teams in the AFC, I don't see, I don't see it in terms of the depth. I do see Houston in terms of one of the right. seven. Yeah, like coming into the season, I feel like there was a lot more talk about the AFC versus the NFC, and now it's totally flipped where the NFC is certainly more top-heavy, I think, with the more consistently good teams. But as far as this, so, okay, we're in agreement. AFC West is going to the Chiefs. AFC East, it'd be hard to see the Dolphins get knocked off of that pedestal, but, mm. I mean, the Bills are still there to potentially win the division. In the North, Ravens, South could be Texans or Jags. So these wildcard teams, Bills probably in best position, but we know the turnover issues that they have, and they have not been reliable. They are such a hot and cold team. I think that's hard to trust. I completely agree with your thought process on Indy. I put a line through them. That's to cross out no for me um Bengals I also just I just think no personally I think we saw early on what this team was without Joe Burrow and that's what I anticipate being down the rest of the way now the Broncos are very very interesting they're on a four-game win streak right now Michael after the one in five start their schedule mixed bag um three straight so yeah they, they win they win it's a it's a mixed bag schedule moving forward which has some tough games on it but they beat some tough teams most recently, right? So they have the, the three straight mm -hmm. wins most recently, Kansas City, Buffalo, and Minnesota. They win all three. So they have Cleveland at Houston, L.A. Chargers twice, at Detroit, New England, and at Vegas. So, like, tough games, but winnable games based on the tough games they right. have won? Like, that's kind of my thought process with Denver. I still don't really know what they are, but they seem to have figured things out, especially with what Vic Fangio has done with that defense and the way they're taking away the football. Right. Uh, Vance Joseph, you mean? Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I agree me, with me. you. But he, that, that's what he was there. You know, I mean, every we get all confused here. Uh, the, the Denver Broncos, to me, you've got to say, are they what they are is a seven seed. If they're anything, they're a seven seed. Right. And can they get can you find five more wins on that schedule? 
right? Can you find five more games that they can win? You know, and that's going to be hard. I mean, because they've had a lot of opportunity. I mean, this is a must win in Cleveland, you know, and then they go on the road for three weeks. So they got to come out of that with at least one win out of the three games. And then they have two more home against the Patriots and the Chargers. Those two are must wins. So now we got four, and the last game against the Raiders is a must win in Las Vegas. There's 10. And maybe they get in if they get 10. Gosh, wouldn't that be crazy? But you're going to have to get 10. You're going to have to get in if you get 10. And they have a chance to get 10. Now, what happens if they upset Houston or they upset the Chargers? I mean, they could beat the Chargers on the road. There'll be more Bronco fans in Los Angeles than there will be anywhere. I don't think you can rule them out. This game here, to me, as I worked on it this morning, this is a game where they should be able to win. They can move the ball well enough against Cleveland. And if they're smart with the football, they won't turn it over. And Cleveland will have a hard time going 80 yards and putting five or six good plays together. Right? That should be. They should be able to take care of Cleveland at home with Dorian Thompson Robinson at quarterback. Now, it'll be hard because of how good Cleveland's defense is, but. If, you know, if they can get the ball, run the ball, it's hard to run the ball in Cleveland. If they can get their short passing game going, get the tight ends going, they have a chance to get to 17 points, 20 points. They get there, I don't know, how does Cleveland score that many points? They need Dorian Thompson-Robinson to do something more offensively. Like, their defense, we know, has yeah. carried them this entire way. But he, he's only he limited experience, right? He's got two starts in the National Football League, so maybe in start three, he's going to feel a little bit more comfortable getting consistent first-team reps. I don't know. I think that he'll be better this game, but with the way that Denver, like I said, has taken away the football, it's going to be a tough uphill battle. We've talked about the Chargers yeah, there, and passing. That, Go there's ahead. that thin line. There's that thin line, right? If It's a little bit like I wrote about today with Tim Boyle. If you let him do a little bit more than you let Zach Wilson do, he's going to turn it over. If you let Dorian Robinson Thompson do Dorian Thompson Robinson do more, he's liable to turn it over. There's that thin line, you know, where do you go here? Right? <laughs> I don't want to, you know, I don't want to lose the game, but I want to try to help win the game. That's a hard, hard thing to do with quarterbacks that are not good enough to play. Notice I have not brought up the Jets once in this conversation. At four and oh, four. You better not. Yeah. <laughs> You're way too smart for that. You're way too smart. We're not for that. doing it. You can't make that you can't make that line big enough. The ten to one there, not even close to bringing any of my interest for them to make the playoffs but let's look at this from a numbers perspective as we have the playoff picture on our screen with all of the associated odds if you had to pick one of those plus money odds teams that are in playoff position right now to miss who would you pick the texans well the steelers and the texans six seven okay. because the, there's no well first of all that that we don't know what the steelers will do def- offensively and, you know, we, they can get rid of Pickett. They can get rid of Canada, but Pickett's still the quarterback. Can he make play? Is it all Canada's fault why Pickett has looked bad? We shall see. And then, you know, when you look at Houston, they're a young team. They play well. Stroud's been great. But can it go? Can it continue on this path? I think those would be the two that I would say, you know, I think Houston makes it. But I think, look, the winner of this game in, in Houston this weekend probably could win the South. Have you seen Houston's schedule? I mean, Houston can win the South if they get this game. That's, this is a that's this what will I be think. a playoff game. See, Michael, I like the Texans to win the South. I do. And so for me, if I had to pick one, I would either go Steelers or Browns, to be honest with you, because I, as good as yeah. that defense is that we were just talking about, I hope that Dorian Thompson-Robinson can do enough to lead that offense and that this 7-3 and three record doesn't go to waste and that the best defense in the NFL doesn't go to waste. 
But I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't have a lot of confidence right. in that. And plus 350, I don't mind it. Well, Jacksonville this week, that's a big game, right? So they got six wins. They can get to 10. They got Denver. We'll see what happens there. They got the Jets. They got Tennessee twice, Indy, and Cleveland. Tennessee twice, Indy, and Cleveland can get you to 10. Playoff picture is always fun, and we are getting to the nitty-gritty, so the thick it? of it. It's so good. Okay, we have to step aside, but keep it locked right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. More football talk rolling along as we go. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. So much to be thankful for this time of year. Family, friends, food, and of course, the NFL all week long as well. And DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping your Thanksgiving week full of action. New customers can bet just 5 bucks on the NFL to score 150 instantly in bonus bets. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code VEGAS, V-E-G-A-S, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. And we are certainly thankful for all of you tuning in. And our next guest, great friend of the show, Will Hill, joining us now, VEASAN contributor, also part of the Bear Bets podcast of the Fox Sports family uh, podcast there. Will, appreciate you coming on as always. Happy holidays. How are you? What's going on? Happy to be with you. You know, it's funny. We always talk as betters. We always hear about short rest, short prep time, and we know it's bad, but I never really kind of knew the effects of it. I could never really relate until this week where it's like I have all these pods I usually do on Thursday and Wednesday. And they're all bumped up to Tuesday. So it's like cramming five days of work into two. So so now I get it. Now I am like a coach Lombardi. And you were filling in. You were filling in on, on, right. on yeah. last night, too. You hosted for a couple hours. So yeah, you're all over the, the place. Thing. Yeah, I got nine hours of Eastern, so six to nine. Uh, I'm sorry, nine to twelve Eastern last night, tonight, and Wednesday with Wes Reynolds. So cramming all the college basketball. I'm just like a coach, Lombardi. 
Yeah, you go. You're doing. Co- I mean, you. Sp- there's another thing you can't do. You got college hoops. You got college football. I see your picks today, or got a little college spread to them. You know, you're all over the place. I, I, I love it. Usually, I always think of you as just coming in with the NFL heat, but you know, I enjoy it. And and you know, the one that jumped out at me on the rundown today is Brock Purdy at eighteen to one to win the MVP. You, you know, I, I think to me. It's remarkable how these MVP campaigns get going. You know, we started this summer with Justin Fields' campaign, and now we have C.J. Stroud's campaign. Poor Brock Purdy. I mean, can we stop saying the guy's a seventh-round pick, please? Can we just stop it? The guy is really good. I mean, when does he not make a good throw? It was fascinating to see the reaction when he threw a couple interceptions against Minnesota and they lost to Cleveland. He had a couple of losses. There were so many people just waiting to say, aha, I told you so. I knew it. This guy's a fraud. This guy's no good. The guy's a good player. Now we could sit here and debate how good he is, where he ranks top 10, top, whatever. The guy's a hell of a player. And I just, I think at 18 to one, I don't like the guys at the top of the board to me hurts at plus 250. I don't think he's the justified favorite. He's looked okay. Like you mentioned in the beginning, he he's, hasn't looked as explosive. I mean, let's face it. He's got what 15, 16 touchdowns. Touchdowns, 10 interceptions, touchdown to interceptions, not everything, but those are basically the same numbers as Jordan Love. So I don't like Hurts at the top. Mahomes isn't having the year with the receivers. Not that it's all his fault. Uh, Tua has regressed a little bit. I just think taking a shot at a number, Purdy, 18 to 1 um, for a quarterback. Let, let, let's see. Let's say they win out and they go 14 and 3, and he has. I don't know. He gets to 32 touchdowns and like seven, eight interceptions. You can sort of excuse the three game losing streak as, Hey, bump in the road, middle of the season. He had a concussion. I just think at 18 to one, he's worth a shot. The other guy that's getting some attention here is Prescott. I don't know if they don't win that division. I don't know if they'll give it to a guy who wins a wild card. I just think Purdy right now, 18 to one. I think that's live. I think you put that one in your pocket and you got a decent bet going forward. And you could look back at that three game streak, right? And say five interceptions during that stretch. Wow, him being perfect must be pretty valuable in the other games yes. down the line, right? Just throwing that yeah, out there. Yeah. But, well, but why is he? Why does he pay a price for? Did anybody watch Stroud against Carolina? I mean, I know he's a right? rookie, but did you watch him against Carolina? Like, why does Purdy pay a price for having a bad game? Did you think Mahomes was great last night? What did he average? Four point one yards a play. I mean, I know it was hard to throw the ball, and I know Mahomes is great, but I mean. That wasn't dazzling quarterback play. Hell, they had the ball with with a chance to win the game at the end. They couldn't do it. So, like, I just think we're way too hard on Purdy. Like, I don't understand it. it you know, maybe he. Then uh, it's always why is it always Kyle Shanahan? Did you watch Nick Mullen play quarterback when Kyle was there? Did you watch C.J. Beathard play when Kyle was there? I mean, like, I don't get why this kid doesn't get enough love. I mean, it's ridiculous. How is, you know, I, I somebody was saying, oh, Justin Fields was great on Sunday, but he turned the ball over in the fourth quarter. No big deal. No big deal? Like, turnovers are no big deal for him, but it's but it's deadly for Brock Purdy? 100% right. Yeah. And it's a wide open race, too. And for those of the people that like EPA, the voters, there's only 50 of them. They're analytically driven. He's number one, and I think by a pretty wide margin in EPA. I've heard you, Lombardi, mixing in a little more EPA into your analysis. So whatever that's worth, he's winning that. He's winning that by a decent margin now. No, well, I, go ahead. I mean, I think you got I think the one thing is in that number, at least you see you can identify some of these things in terms of expected completion because you're always wondering. And then the level of comp and, you know, sometimes guys get a lot of yards at the end of the game. So I I think that, look, all these numbers have merit, but they also, who's grading them, you know, who, I mean, for me, I get more caught up with the focus about this guy's the second best offense. I mean, remember three years ago, Will, we were laughing about Will Hill was the 18th, be- and excuse me, uh, Tyreek Hill was the 15th best wide receiver oh, according to insane. Pro Football Focus. Remember? It's crazy. 
It's crazy. Yep. No, it's crazy. It's it's it, and look, they put the work in. They know a lot more than I do, but I do think it's dangerous when you take an opinion and you shape it as a fact and you put a number with a decimal point. I think it's the decimal points is what throws people off because you put, you know, 82.2. It sounds so official. It sounds oh, you can't argue it. They put an 82.2 there. But like at the end of the day, it, like you said, it's just it's an opinion. I was also laughing, by the way, after he had the perfect passer rating this past weekend. George Kittle was asked about him in his post-game press conference. like, yeah, system quarterback, right? Uh, but really, really cool. Uh, <laughs> I obviously, as a 49ers fan, love what Brock Purdy is doing, so give me some more of that and let's keep it rolling. Here with Will Hill, VEASAN's own contributor, host, doing great things with the Bear Bets podcast. Uh, I want to get your guys' opinion. I know we have more plays from you, Will, but real quickly, we had some breaking news. Um, Ian Rappaport, that former All-Pro and Pro Bowler Colts linebacker Shaq Leonard has been waived now from the Indianapolis Colts. He posted a goodbye to Colts fans. Obviously, his playing time has dipped this year, which he's spoken publicly about, but uh, not a name that you anticipated to seeing out the door in Indy, Michael. Well, if you watch the tape, you would. I mean, the Patriots could have run the inside zone play for eight yards every time they wanted to run it. And every time they tried to throw it, they hurt themselves. I mean, Darius has not been a very good player since all the injuries with the back and all that. This, to me, wasn't unexpected. I mean, he kind of was a problem because this happens a lot of times to great players. When they're not the same as they once were, it's hard to tell them they're not still great. And so the best thing that could happen, he'll get out on the waiver wire. Maybe somebody will claim him. Maybe somebody won't. But this one doesn't surprise me. You put the tape on Stormy, not a good player right now. Yeah, no, tough. Will, any thoughts? No, doesn't doesn't move the needle for me one way or another. Colts are one of these teams. Like the AFC has kind of come back to the pack with all these teams, with all these quarterbacks. You know, Burrow going down, Rogers going down at the beginning of the year, Watson out. Some of these teams, like the Colts, look up and like, hey, why can't we steal the uh, the seven seed or whatever? So Colts are one of these teams. Broncos same mix. And Phil Yates posting if a team were to claim Shaq Leonard off of waivers, they would owe him $6.11 million for the remainder of the season based on his contract. But, Will, let's get to some more of your plays, especially because it is rivalry week in college football. Ohio State, Michigan, all eyes are certainly going to be on that one coming up this weekend. you got 11-0 number two versus 11-0 number three. And Jim Harbaugh says his locker room is like his mom's bathing suits. They, it is in one piece at this point, which is good news. So how are you playing this one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I played the under here. That's a good line. I, I hadn't heard that. I don't, I don't even know what to do with that one. <laughs> I like the under. It's funny. I, I bet the under, then I went back and looked at the recent games. It, the recent games don't help my under, uh, the last five years, the last four matchups, cause they got canceled during COVID year, but there was 101 points scored in one game, 83, then 69 then 68 last year. So I, I am going to play under 46, even though it's been a high scoring, uh, series here recently. I just think these are different teams, Michigan. I don't trust their offensive line. Their pass protection has looked really shit. Shaky. McCarthy's look shaky. I don't know if he's healthy and I don't really trust McCord on the road. I guess I take the three and a five, three and a half. If I had to bet it, I think that Ohio state front is going to put a lot of pressure on Michigan. I think both these teams probably come out and play conservative. I think this is like a 23 20 type of game. So I did play the under in this one. And, and you like Oregon state with the 14 against Oregon. It's a lot of points. Oregon State has three losses, but they're only by eight points combined. And this is an Oregon team that, I mean, a couple weeks ago against the dead USC team, 17-point favorites. They only won the game by nine. I think Oregon State, it's a rivalry game. They can run the ball. It's not pretty. I just think this line is a little inflated. I think they'll be able to hang around. These these rivalry games tend to trend to be a little closer. So you're going to get Oregon State's best punch. They can come out fast and loose. All the pressure's on Oregon to win this game. I just think 13 and a half, 14, and, and there's 
both numbers available if you shop around. I just think it's a lot of points. I like the underdog here. Yeah, and they've won this game in in moments and times where they weren't supposed to before. But right. yeah, 13 and a half, point. 14 points feels like it might be a little bit too many. Um, one last one real quickly. You like Nebraska this week as well. Iowa, congrats. They make the Big Ten title game. They did a lot of celebrating. They're very happy on the sideline. They're crying. They're hugging each other. So they, they don't really need this game. Nebraska needs it to go to a bowl. I think it would mean something for rule in year one to go to a bowl. They're home. It means more. I'm going to take Nebraska in this spot. Yeah, and it is moving your way up from the two that you got to two and a half at this point. Will, you're the man. Thank you so much for doing this, and happy Thanksgiving. Thanks, Will. All right, same to you guys. Appreciate happy it. Happy Thanksgiving. That's our guy, Will Hill. And again, make sure you check out the Bear Bets podcast. Chris the Bear, Felica, part of the Fox Sports family of podcasts. They're doing a really great job over there. The gambling group chat. Will's always got some zingers for the people at home. Uh, the total in that Nebraska-Iowa game, by the way, 26 and a half. Oh, what are we doing? All right, we're going to step aside here. We do have more. And that's not weather related. Not that's at all. That's not weather related. What? what is, yeah, so bad. Big 10 football, baby. We'll have more college football later on in hour two with Aaron Moore. But back to the NFL when we return on VSIN. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.